Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, man of civics? Hey, JC. How are you doing? Mm, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing well. Had a very fun week. I removed my uh, child from public school. She's being homeschooled oh, that's now. That's always fun. <laughs> Join the club. A lot of people are doing that. Oh, yeah. Did they give you yeah. any hassle? No. The, uh, the superintendent got the letter via email and I sent him a physical one within 45 minutes he contacted my wife and was like she's out of school I just got to contact the the principal and she's done (laughs) I was like wow that was easy you (laughs) said snap snap oh yeah it had had to do with enrollment because of the list 
one of the ladies we know does the enrollment list here at the school our daughter was supposed to go to and we had all the documentation in um and already had her enrolled in a in a full-blown online academy so she still gets you know a, a really good education um just not public direct it's different um yep. But yeah, all we had to do is remove her from the enrollment list. And of course, with COVID and stuff, that was the act of Congress because this lady was sick. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. But yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. Are you are you guys fully 100% educating her, or are you using any form of um, like assistance or any kind of like we we're doing we're in Tennessee and we took hours out of public education as far as the county um, education program and enrolled her into this thing called Tennessee Connections Academy, which is a much broader education. I mean, it's like, for example, they had our daughter <clears throat> enrolled in the history of rock and roll. Or that was one of the classes she was going to have to take. And, <laughs> Yeah, no kid. I mean, nothing against rock and roll. You know, Sean will say music is very important, but at the same time, the enrollment program she's in now, she's like human anatomy um, and things of that nature. So she really digs it. We dig it. Yeah, we um we went to a homeschool group and asked all of them what their where they would go, and everyone put us to a um an online course called Time for Learning. And what they don't offer me and my wife are supplementing, because uh, currently she's only in the second grade, so there's it's they don't even they barely even teach history at this point, so right. that falls on me. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, I mean, you know, man, one of the big things that that I personally noticed right off the bat was, dude, I had a reconnect. My daughter's fourteen, and I instantly got a reconnection. Um, our family became active together again. We started communicating, yep. whether it be we argue because we're on top of each other all the time, or but we're still here together being a family. So, you know, we're not separated by that block set schedule confusion stuff that's going on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's she's just happy she can take a break whenever she wants to. She reads a whole, you know, mm -hmm. couple of paragraphs, burns herself out. She can take a few minutes, go downstairs, get a slight snack, and come back up and eat. And it, it's the stress level in my house has just dropped drastically ever since we've done that. So I, I'm happy with my decision. I can't imagine what the economy, what the what society and, and the workforce is going to look like in, in 15, 20 years, even 10 years, even because, I mean, man, the nine to five deal is gone out the window. It, it really is. It's and everybody's beginning to understand that you know i don't have to go stand over here and for ten dollars an hour for this guy when you know yeah wow the man of civics what's up you haven't kind of been on in a while have you been watching those videos yeah i have i've been on i just haven't really said anything i was um i'm clearing off the last of the projects for the year which i have like one left and then I don't have to do anything until like January fifteenth, <laughs> so I get like two months of sitting in my office doing nothing. Yeah, um, well, but yes, I, I have. What did you think sorry, about yeah. that administrative court? 
uh, from your most recent video from tonight? Uh, no, it was from the video before that, talking about the administrative court, how you know it's an administrative court. And it just goes through every single little thing, like how they're charging them, the fact that they can get rid of it, the fact that they can negotiate, you know. And I mean, honestly, I could break that down 10 more times. I mean, I don't know. I may have... I may have missed that one. I saw your most recent one that you were uh, taking up hunting. <laughs> <laughs> we hunting platypus. <laughs> uh, somebody's got to do it, man. <laughs> yeah, y'all want to y'all want to hear something funny? You want to hear something funny? Go for it. All right, wait just a minute. Let me. Uh... So I, man, of civics, I had to go to court this past week. Can you believe that? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> How do I actually go through the file here? Let's see. Um, so you know how, like, uh, I've been making those videos about Greg, right? So, Shaman was calling me and asking me if I have the, uh... The state building is currently closed, and our staff is working remotely. Please use email to communicate with specific employees and departments. Staff and department email addresses can be found on our website, www.ncr.gov, in the About Us section. Voice messages are placed in a monitor general inbox and will be transferred to the appropriate department as necessary. Thank you for your understanding during these difficult times. You've reached the general mailbox for the North Carolina State Bar. Please leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you and have a good day. Hey, my name is Jonathan Cross and I was calling to inquire um, about getting the public documents and the public records, including the exhibits for Greg Newman's case and file number um, and file number 19 DHC 14 that was heard on November 12th and 13th. And I was also wondering when the order for that will be public. If you could give me a call back. <laughs> you think they're going to call me back? <laughs> nope. You're, you're, you're probably, uh, next time you call, they'll say, unable to connect this line. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, I, I, I've had a couple of government. Uh, uh, huh? Did you send that in the email too? Um, no, I mean, I, I probably will at some point in time, but uh, I've had a couple of government, um, offices, like totally not accept my number anymore. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Usually they're on the insurance side of things. <laughs> no, one, at one point they told you you're trespassing. That's about to arrest you. <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, so much for public buildings, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Wow. So, but yeah, Shaman called me. He was like, do you have that file? I was like, well, I got the complaint, a copy of the complaint I can send over to you. We're trying to get somebody like even from just kind of an off-brand um, media source or press to um, get the record of the hearing last week. Uh, my convers I'll let him explain. I don't know. I, I was told that somebody in a similar position outside that state was like, whoa, that's like just wrong. Um, so so I, I, maybe if more of those eyes, you know, also, I, you know, that's ugly. In the sad uh, Yeah. It, 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 the saddest part about it is, is it's not an isolated incident. It's just one that's been brought to light. You know how 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 many times is how many times a day is this happening across the country that nobody really knows or is even paying attention to? Knows how to pay How many times did Greg Newman do it and not get brought up on charges or a complaint? Because it wasn't really a charge. You know, that's what I wonder, because, I mean, if you're listening to some of that audio, he got um, reprimanded a year ago. I mean, it was either 2018 or 2019. Slap on the wrist. He's been running around wearing his mask for all this time. They get the old slap I mean, on the wrist. Oh no, not slap on the wrist. Not the wrist. Oh. Ouchie. Hurty so hurty. What's going on, JD? No, you know, just going along with life. Staying busy. And uh trying to catch up on uh things. I gotta catch up on your videos. Started watching the most recent one tonight that you were reading some of John Locke's stuff. It was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, people need to understand that we're, you know, we're in a state of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that stuff. I mean, basically, um, uh, the wrongdoer summons the court, right? Uh, always yeah so that's what we got well if people don't if people don't understand we're in a state of war you know i mean kind of like i said in uh, towards the end of that video if you don't understand we're in a state of war i can already tell you the victor is gonna be yeah <clears throat> when i say you know the wrongdoer someone's the court you know that's the, the big court the big court of life all going on now yeah all right tara has her hand up what's going on tara somebody wants to talk to us hey tara hey um i have a question just about that about the wrongdoer summoning court because it sounds stupid but i it seems like that's not what happens ever at all right 
Um, I mean, so the wrong example. Okay, so I run a red light and I get a ticket. I'm su the supposed wrongdoer and I'm not summoning court, right? Uh, or well, you're, you're thinking about it uh, to... Yeah, help me think about it, right? Yeah, so, okay, so you get pulled over and you get a ticket the cop is trying to take something, the officer is trying to take something, the policy enforcer is trying to take something from you that doesn't belong to him or the state, right? I don't know. Money. What? Yeah, yeah I mean, okay, so like a fee. Yeah they're, yeah, they're trying to take something from you that they didn't earn, okay? Okay, yeah. Now that's yeah. wrong, right? Yes. Okay, so they're, they're opening the court, aren't they? Yes. Wrongdoer summons court. I'm the wrongdoer. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they're giving yeah. you a citation. I mean, I can guarantee you that if you run a red light and nobody got injured and you go into court right. and you ask them what you did wrong, that nobody will say you did anything wrong. They might say you did something illegal. Right. They'll say you ran the red light. <laughs> That's what they're going to yeah. stick with. You ran the red light. So Running a red light. I wish Sean was here to explain this, and this is funny because he went through this not long ago. <laughs> yeah, so. I so basically, yeah. the idea oh. of the wrongdoer summons court is that, you know, if you didn't have a wrongdoer, you would never have a reason for court. Yes. Okay, like if people didn't do wrong to each other, then there would be no point for court to exist. Right, agreed. So whether court, you know whether the an agreement between two, right? So I mean, we got remember that context. Court, court's a disagreement between. So there's a lot of court goes on all throughout every day of our lives. Yeah, and just because you're not the one who's bringing the action, or you're not the one who's being, or you are the one who's being, um. um who's being alleged to have committed some type of crime doesn't necessarily mean that you're the wrongdoer. Uh, people file false claims in, in the public all the time because the reason they do it now is because there's no punishment for it. You know, there's no reason not to do it. It's like, hey, I can go file this and the worst that's gonna happen is I don't get a couple hundred dollars, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I actually had to go to court yesterday. How did it go? <laughs> how did how did that go, John? How did that go? <laughs> okay, it, it went like this. I, I'm going to play the audio at some point in time, maybe not tonight, but uh, it gets about four minutes into it, which is about half the time, and he goes from uh, yelling at me, asking me if I want to go to jail, and um, telling me that he's about to hold me in contempt to me getting a moment to speak. And before, before that, before I spoke, I had $500 worth of fines. And after I spoke, he, uh, he looks at some words, some words on a piece of paper, not that I wrote, but it was because of things I did that they were there. And um, after that, he's like, well, just let me know what you want to do. You, do you want to go to trial? Otherwise, I could 
I could knock the uh, the tags down to $25 and I'll just go ahead and get rid of this no insurance thing. <laughs> he was like, can you do that? And I was like, nope. <laughs> sure can't. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. <laughs> he was getting pissed. I was it's like, so... The officer didn't show up. There was nobody there to actually prosecute or move the action on the other side. And I was getting irritated, so I was about to put something in. And he was like, all right, well, we'll go ahead and get to you. And so I go in there, and, um, and he, you know, he kind of talks about what, what's going on and this and that. And he's like, so what would you like to do? And I go, uh, I wish to dismiss because there's nobody here prosecuting. There's nobody here on the other side to argue. And he wouldn't do it. It was retarded. But if you had accepted the $25, which you, I, I, if you did, does that do the thing where it makes it so that you were, you so heard you're, something? You're or breaking you were, up really bad. I, I couldn't hear half of that. Uh, Say it again, if you had agreed not acknowledging that you owed it or something like would you would that have did you hear did you hear me no yeah it's still breaking if up if you a would bit. have taken the 25 dollars what would that have done yes i mean that that would have put me back in their jurisdiction and honestly that like when you're, when you're listening to the audio he, he's like i you know we'll just charge it 25 dollars, and you can just pay whenever you know like i mean in the way he said it, it was kind of like you don't even have to pay it just as long as it's on the paper that you pled guilty and i was just like mm -hmm. nope and so then we spent the last four minutes there basically going back and forth about why he should go ahead and man i was leaving the door so wide open for him in his world and he just he wasn't taking it i was like oh, whatever and the ticket was quite a bit more wasn't it yeah i mean each ticket was about 250 dollars. there was one for no registration and uh one for no insurance right so right there it tells you it's like okay well that just shows that it's a scam it's like you know if you can just knock one off and knock the other one down to 25 it's like okay <laughs> what are you trying to do here <laughs> that, that's you know? for sure you you know what i love about it is that when i'm going to play this uh recording for people who still believe in the system you know because i know a lot of people who are like well you should have to have insurance yeah they should definitely hold you accountable for not having insurance what if you ran into me and um so i just think it's hilarious that you know he's going to charge me 25 dollars for not renewing my tag but he's going to drop the insurance he didn't care if i didn't have insurance <laughs> there you go for the states trying to protect you people <laughs> right right i got to see a cool we got to see a cool deal come through our area today kind of a little little off topic more more current affairs mainstream media crap but uh we've been having some uh 
big mass of square nitrogen-filled containers rolled up through our area, escorted by state. Some some for real, like nitrous oxide. Um, they're cold cold containers. They got gauges on the side and stuff. We we were standing inside a restaurant, and we had to uh, come down the road and those a bunch of state highway patrol everywhere. Locals are saying there's been more than one come through, but we I got to see one today. And it didn't have no smoke coming off of it or nothing, but you know there's a utility crew that runs with it to make sure it clears all lines and keeps it rolling, and the highway patrol just keeps it trucking. More missing ballads. Probably frozen ones. That's cold, man. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, JC, back back on topic real quick. Uh, If you refuse uh, or or you decline the $25 offer, does that leave you in dishonor, or how do you do that without being in dishonor? Uh, No, I mean, it doesn't leave you in dishonor to decline a contract. I mean, I mean you, you know, if, if I if I walked up to you and said, hey, I'm going to hand you this piece of paper that says ticket on it for $25 and you say, oh, no, thanks. Does that mean that you're dishonorable? Mm, nope. You know what? I thought about it and I didn't like your offer, but thanks. Come again. So where yeah, at this time? At this time, I mean, I I told him I was like, because because we actually had a pretty good argument about um whether it was moving under the due course of law because I kept on saying I got the right to due course of law, correct? And he was like, you got the right to a jury trial or a bench trial, and I go, I I got the right to due course of law, correct? He was like. You know, you got the right to jury trial or bench trial, or you can just plead with me. And I was like, I got the right to do course of law, correct? He's like, if you keep arguing with me, you're going to have the right to contempt. (laughs) 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 What what do you think we're doing here today? I was like, well, just as long as we're on the same page, I got the right to do course of law, man. And so, you know, kind of after we had another conversation, I was like, look, as soon after I declined this $25 offer, I was like, man, as soon as you get a man or a woman on that stand over there and you have them testify, you have them testify to the nature of the wrong and the cause of the accusation, at that point in time, I will understand how to plea. You know, like you can't plea on my behalf when I'm telling you that I'm going to plea. I'm just telling you what I require, which is due course of law. And then I'm kind of giving you the first step because. You know, I kind of know you guys need me to do your job for you for some reason. <laughs> what did he say after that? That little argument where he was, he said, uh, well, he, he, he said uh, he was going to hold you in contempt. And then. Um, oh, that's when I told him that, that the, that the officers of South Carolina, um, are grateful to God for their for their civil liberties and their ability to govern over other people, and so um, they should share that grace with another one of God's children. 
You know, basically like, hey, look, we both have the same sovereign. You're not sovereign over me. You know, like, uh, it's nice that you have all these statues and stuff. It was kind of funny because by the time I left, man, I had his his head kind of backwards. He told me that he was going to send me a subpoena instead of a summons, which a subpoena is what you do to bring in a witness and you got to pay them. And a summons is what you do when you're actually, you know, making sure that somebody's going to be at court to answer for an action or, or a charge or a complaint. And, uh, you know, he, he ended up giving me legal advice from the bench <laughs> just because I was playing mm -hmm. silly. So, but when he was talking about the statue, he, he actually called it statue. <laughs> nice. I guess yeah. I just have that effect on people. So seven oh three and Monarch had their hand up. I didn't know if they had a question. They've been unmuted for a minute. Oh, hey, it's uh, Mindy. Oh, hey, Mindy. Hey, uh, I'm Yo, doing well. Mindy. Hey, JD. So, so JD's aware. I, I have uh, been well. Gary and I both. He's here also, so we're on my phone. But we've been watching, you know, some of these videos the last couple nights of. People standing on law, getting, you know, their businesses being, you know, standing up to people breaking into their businesses and telling them they, they can't work, um, you know, you can't travel freely, all of these things that I think are coming, I know, I believe, are coming our way. I think a lot of it's over, you know, overseas right now, but it's, it's going to be here very soon. Um, and just some of the thoughts that have been running through my mind, and Gary's like, well, you really don't need to run scenarios. It's, you know, and even JD says, like, you got to know who you are. And so I know who I am, but my issue is how to handle some of these situations that are going to arise. How do we, how do we work through that? Um, one, you know, you're walking around outside, and you know, it gets to the point where they say you don't have a mask on, and 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 there's def definitely things you can do, but there's thugs, right? Or like we're on like now a little island at the, at the tip of Wilmington. If we try to leave the island, and they say no, you're on lockdown, you can't leave. Where are your papers? So how do how do you suggest just in general that we handle this? We want to live and be free and we are free but we're going to run into these thugs so <clears throat> is there like a, a way that i don't know I, I guess what i'm just asking is just how do we handle this right because i'm not a combative person i watch these videos and i'm just so in awe of how people handle it but i know i'll probably freeze <laughs> if that makes sense yeah well i mean what i would say is is get comfortable with your own creator and then after that i i would suggest that you learn law and try and try and get other people in the interest of learning law because if everybody knew the law then we wouldn't right. live in a lawless society i agree but it seems like there's so few of this right like my daughter jamie she's 16 oh. and i have to hand it to her she went to a restaurant today and she basically handed them their asses and <laughs> and um, stood up for herself, right? And, and so I'm very proud of her for that, but I know it's going to get worse. So I guess we just have to be okay with that. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's fully it's automatic. Opinion. There's been two cases I know of this week that people were just angry to the point of pissed offness, like beyond yeah. what they would normally be. I mean, I actually yeah. one of one of them I, I got to I got to be the the mediator afterwards, kind of on the phone, kind of let him vent and calm down. He's like, man, why are people being like this? And you know, yeah. the other one was actually the big FUs from one end of my neighborhood to the other end of my neighborhood because one guy thought another guy was going <laughs> too fast. So here I am in the middle going, well, wait, guys, I mean, is it really worth throwing FUs and, and having to throw down with each other and, and you know, have a couple of days off and a black eye and, and, you know, one of you the shame of having your ass kicked and the other one the glory of beating somebody's ass? I mean, is it really worth all this that we're going through? <laughs> Right. So, you know, the, the big distraction, the, the television, the video games, the, the you know, the expensive bed, bath, and beyond, the, the, all the shit that we've had thrown at us since 1987, um, kind of need to just stuff it away and kind of look back a little earlier um, at how some of our our grandparents and so forth kind of did it the networking, the being real with each other, a handshake meant a handshake, a word was a word. Um, you know, that's kind of my two cents. Yeah. And speaking like of that, that that's sure. one of the reasons why, uh, you know, on the videos that I've been making, I've been telling people, you know, if you're really interested, sit down and, and watch this with somebody. And after y'all watch it, talk about it. You know, like like actually right. get that real connection going on because if things really go south and you know you said you're outside of Wilmington, um, and I don't know which way North Carolina is going at this point, but you know there there are some places in the country that I feel like are going to be pretty safe, um, and South Carolina is one of them. I wouldn't want to be in California or New York. No way. California's where two Upstate New York might be all right. Go ahead, John. Well, one of the bad things that's happening is, you know, those like in California, <clears throat> those in those states where they just hate their neighbors and they want new. Well, I mean, they're going to new areas. I, I, we are in Appalachia. And this is a very homely, very poor, typically by money standards, but very rich by the if you're cold, here's a shirt off my back neighbor um, mentality. So we are getting a massive influx of new individuals into our area. And some of their lifestyles are a whole lot different than what has kept this area alive for so long. So. That's kind of just some thought, food thought too, you know, resource wise, um, you know, we can't really sustain uh, five million more people over here in these mountains. <laughs> so people are coming into the mountains where you are now just to get away from their perceived oh, yeah. oppression. Oh, yeah. Where are you at oh, the yeah. Appalachian? There's Californians moving in here left and right. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, we left Virginia, northern Virginia, and now we're in Curry Beach, which is the south of Wilmington on a little island. So it's, but a lot of people we found out when we got here, a lot of people are from the northeast. And so they bring, they want to escape, but they also bring the same mentality down here. It's like, why are you even here? (laughs) You you want the same things, but you're in a different area. (laughs) Well, I mean, so. you know, that, that that right there also causes, you know, that, I don't even know really how, how to put it, if, if the shit hits the fan, you know, yeah, this is our area, so to say, our livelihoods, our, our well-beings here, and, you know, your influence and in, in your ways of doing things. You know, that, that causes a big conflict within tight confines now. Right, right, right. It costs so an average. To, uh, yeah, and we're trying to align with people yeah. here that are like-minded and that have been here most of their lives and kind of get what's going on. And so we've kind of started to establish a little bit of a community of people. Like I was in Whole Foods two weeks ago. And in Wilmington, with no mask on, walking around, and this young couple comes up to me, and the guy takes his mask down. And he goes, "How did you get in here?" Like he was just so dumbfounded <laughs> that I was. He's like, "You're badass." <laughs> it was so funny, and I'm like, "No, because no, I literally was in here a month ago, and I they were trying to throw me out, and I was throwing food, and I was so angry, and I decided that I'm going to wear my mask until after the election, which is like two two weeks before the election, and then I'm going, and then I'm going to, you know, and then I'm not going to do what they say. But I just thought that was interesting. And he's like, well, how did we you have- get in here? But anyway, we connected, so I'm trying to connect with people here that feel the same way, but it is a small group, right? Like, it's a little... It's a little scary knowing where we're headed at this point and trying well, to prepare and learning law and being new at law and trying to, like, prepare to not F ourselves if, because I'm not going to comply, but I also don't want to end up, you know, in jail and don't want my daughter to be taken away from me. or You know, I just – so I know all these things are coming. So I'm trying to prepare also being a newbie at all of this. Well, I tell you what, I'm not too, I'm not too afraid of, of, uh, you know, my offspring being taken from me because if that actually happens, then I'm not going to be alive to experience it. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just a personal choice that I've already made. So what do you mean by that? You just mean you'll die, die trying die protecting them yeah what i'm saying is that if somebody comes and says they're going to take my my son i'm going to say no you're not and you know they're going to have to kill me to enforce what you know they wish to do that's right they're they're not just going to take them and walk i mean they're not going to come by here and say hey i'm going to take your son because i'm an officer of the state you know right because no, there's right. this COVID regulation because, you know, right. the legislature created some statute that the executive branch uh, signed and I'm here to execute it. I'd be like, all right, I like that word execute. That's right. That's how we feel mm-hmm. too about, you know, Jamie, who's 16. I feel the same way. And we have another one that's 18. And so it's like, okay, she's our daughter, but that's going to be a different story, right? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I it, it's kind. It's kind of like this. Like it, you know, when you study law, and everybody, uh, at least on this side of of how we talk about law, talks about common rights. And your first and most fundamental common right is your right to self defense. You know, and yep. the way I see it is that if you're coming over here and and trying to take what's mine, that does right. not belong to you. Right. Important note on that, uh, the tactic they use out here in California especially, uh, they, they don't come and say they're here for your kid or anything like that. They come for you and they say, oh, we, we need to talk to this person or that person or we have a warrant for this. And then they detain you, cuff you, put you down, drag you away, and then CPS comes in and takes your kids. Just, just so you guys know that. They have tactics where yeah. you don't even see it coming. It, well, right. I mean, what I would say to that is don't talk to them. Right. You know, you you want to talk to oh, me? I, I don't care. You know, I got no business with you. I got no reason to intercourse with you. Leave. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. It's important important for yeah you guys to know that is if you have any inkling at all, if your kid has missed one day of school, if, if your kid's late to school, anything like that, and you're not absolutely positive if there's any possibility for a bench warrant for you. If they knock on your door or even walk under your yard, whatever, they're going to take you down and then take your kid. But just keep that in mind that because they play yep. off of that. They know parents, fathers especially, yep. are going to isolate themselves in order to isolate a threat from their kids. So they know yep. if, if they pretend they have business with the parent, you're going to step aside so your family's not caught in the middle. Yep, no, that makes perfect sense. And we moved here, we pulled Jamie out of school, and we didn't tell anybody where she was going, and she's basically being homeschooled at this point. They don't even know she's here. <laughs> so, it's like, no, you, do, you need to establish a homeschool where you are, to, you know. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. So, because that just yeah. now puts her on a record that they can track her, you know. So, until, you know, I just, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy that we're that at that point. It's funny that they show this these these TV shows, the Alaskans and all these people, and they get everybody hyped up about this big dream of living free, and you can homeschool right. your kids and cut your firewood over here and kill your meat and grow your vegetables, and yeah. but you try that shit, <laughs> yeah, uh, they they yeah, That's... right. Anyway, yeah, I was just trying to have a conversation around like what's coming we know it's going to be like a dark winter and so many of us in this group are a dark winter dark years right but so many are learning and new to this and will make a lot of mistakes and so i'm just trying to get it down to the simplest form possible so that we can protect ourselves in these situations as greenies right this isn't the first time this has yeah. ever happened. Yeah. This isn't the first time this has ever happened, though. There's been dark. I think winters. you make a good point. Make a good point yeah. when you say it's dark. It's like the, it's like a new dark ages. We need a renaissance. Yeah. And we're green. Mm -hmm. Like we're just we're just woken up to this. I mean, this is for Gary and I. We've moved three times in the last year, and we've learned all of these things. So many things, and this is 
very new to us because we've been indoctrinated our entire lives and now we're trying we've got this but you have to be good at it you have to know what you're doing you can't just send a letter you have to know who you are you have to do all of these things and at the same time they're clearly coming against us all across the world so I just want to be able to be free continue being free but also say the right things do the right things and not you know, screw it up. So Gary's, Gary's probably say more about it than I can. He's he's much more confident in this than I am. I'm more of a a lamb. So when it comes to things like this, and somebody comes against me, like a, a police officer, I'm going to be afraid. And I don't want to be, but it's just my nature. If Gary's with me, then I'll be fine. I invite the conversation. If I'm alone, I'm going to be. I'm going to stand, but it's going to be scary. So I don't know. I mean, I think one of the most important things is is to uh, you you know the difference between right and wrong in your heart, right. <laughs> and a lot of people kind of um, you know they pay a lot of attention to more or less the technicalities, all the words. What words do you say? What words don't you right. say? And, you right. know, when do you do this? When do you do that? And honestly it's it's really about staying true to yourself it's really about doing what you feel the most comfortable with and if you do that you're going to make it through better regardless because if you're not feeling comfortable with something you're just going to uh you're just going to mess it up you know like the people i see who absolutely do the worst are the people who walk into court and try to act like me or act like sean or act like carl you know like if you're if you're you're trying to act like somebody else you know it's just not gonna work right so so for god's sake don't act like anybody on this phone call (laughs) Um, and that's a good point you know what he's talking about it's right that's a great point so in in court or whatever wherever you end up you just keep it simple and keep your mouth shut right i mean but no i mean when i was in court yesterday i was talking the whole time but i mean i'll tell you this like when when i was um going after somebody in an action you know probably four years ago five years ago somewhere around there but anyways right before i called carl when when i went into court i'd been listening to carl a lot you know kind of getting directions on what to you know what type of materials to look for what type of directions to go to when i go down to the law library and when i was in court but you know i'm i'm not afraid to admit it ain't no shame in my game i was trying to act like carl and it didn't work out so well. <laughs> right. It worked out a right. lot better when I was just myself. I have to say, so just I be judge. true to knowing who you are, and then like, but still, how do you defend yourself? But just think, remain, this remain present. Just, just think about the basics. Like you didn't do anything wrong, and and then somebody right. starts babbling a bunch of stuff, and it's like. I don't understand. You know, like I know I didn't do anything wrong, and I know that I know the law means that you know you have to let me go because I don't consent to this. What are you doing? 
where's right. the where's the claimant right you okay. know and just think think go through it logically you know what i mean you're gonna mess up but if you try to if you try to if you try to just wait for what they're they're gonna say and then and then react to it like and then try to process what they're telling you you know about xyz and codes or some kind of procedure or something just say you don't understand right. okay kind of like a loose just be, code. you know because right. yeah yeah that's kind of a good thing to keep in mind is you know just keep in mind even if you think you understand what they're talking about you don't okay right. like i would I never go into court and say that i understand what they're talking about because even if even if I fully comprehended, and I'm sure that I uh, understood what was going on the other day better than you know who I was talking to, but that still doesn't mean that I understand what he was doing. You know, I just understood yeah. what was actually happening better than he did. But I can't understand him at all because I'm not that kind of individual. I would never go around and try to intimidate and threaten other people into giving this fictional character called the state money. It, it, I, right. So I could never understand it. That's yeah. not your part right. in the play. And you, you right. can't, you got to stay out of the play. If any, these guys here on this call have taught me anything myself, it's to be present. Now I'm still in, but what I'm learning is be present because they have a scripted play. All these actors, judges, lawyers, everybody else are re-present. They're not there. They're a character. If you remain present as the woman or man that you are and true, like John said, to yourself and don't allow yourself to step out or be pulled into representation by words and hiring lawyers and and the tricks, the witchcraft that they use, the codes that's being talked about, that's all their play. You, we don't know anything right. about that. That's a very, right. very dark and tricky world. And and the sad part about it is is kind of upon birth there was this little piece of paper that was given to um uh our 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 birthers um and they sign it and and that just gives a number and from there this this thing grows and grows and yeah. grows and it's not right. real it's a representation right. it's like running red lights parking tickets and all that other jazz Yep. A, a police officer pulled you. Police, an ex police officer, retired police officer, left the force. Taught me this. My father-in-law was a police officer. And my uh, tr uh, sheriff, deputy sheriff. My dad was a trooper and a deputy sheriff. It ain't my driver's license. I right. carry the driver's license. It's got the name of you know that I go by on it, but it ain't it ain't mine. I pay right. them. For the use of it. So when the officer walks up the window and he says, Do you have your driver's license? You go, Yes, yes, I do, sir. Well, first off, you don't know him, so don't call him sir. Second, he's not really man, he's a character in a play. So guess what? You don't have the scripts. So 
you whip out this thing and agree to being you, the person, the driver, the operator, the, all the terms and definitions of their play. And, and, and here you are, uh, you know, thrown in and be an actor in it, and you don't have a script. Right, exactly. So, the, so you know, you were created by God, which there, you know, obviously there are many. They 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 honor another one than what we honor. I assure you that. So yeah. If we are no, given yeah. a script to, if we are given the script that we're supposed to follow to a play, and somebody comes along and hands us another script, we're given a choice. Which one we're we gonna follow? Right. Right. Yeah. God's script. So do you, if you're pulled over, do you hand them your license? Or their license, I should say? Oh, is that a question to someone individual? I think I mean, if, uh, that... If a, uh, if, yeah, if an officer says, caller. you know... Yeah, that Chris... Uh, Chris, you're going to answer his that? Phone, yeah, I think his, he might have just dropped off phone the dropped. call. Yeah, he just, yeah. He just dropped yeah, off. Yeah, people are dropping and coming back and dropping and coming back. And, I don't know. Is that a question? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. Can. Uh, so, uh, Gary had a question. If you're... Uh, maybe maybe the question is, we, well, I've typically got, got pulled over. The cop steps up your window and signals for you to wind it down if it's wound up. He wants to talk to you, and he says license and registration. Or do you know why I pulled you over? Something silly like that. Um, but when he says license and registration, Mindy's question is, what's the response there? And do you hand over those artifacts that have been distributed to us? Are, are you asking me, or? I actually don't know. Anyone in their situation, and let's let's make it simple. When they say, "Do you have a driver's license?" I would say no. Okay. You don't have not one, that, though, do you? Not that. No, not I mean, no. I I have a driver's license. And in fact, when I was at court, like I have the state's driver's license. It's not mine. Um, and that's exactly why I would say no. And when I was at court yesterday, um, you know, he was basically talking. He was like, uh, you know, if the DMV inquires on whether you have insurance or not, and you don't have insurance, then they're gonna ask for the license back. And I was like, do you wish? I'll surrender the license right here, right now. You wish for the license back? When he he asked me if I had registration, I was like, nope. Do you wish for your tag back? I'll go get it off my car right now. You know, you wish for it back. If, if the state wishes for any of their property back, just ask me, and I'll give it back to you because I I understand it's not mine. You know, the thing is, is that the cops not going to understand it's not yours. So that's why if a cop asked me. I would say no until I started seeing him to get frustrated with me. And at that point, I would say, 
oh, and I would, I would even try and be funny about it. I'd be like, oh, you mean, you know, you wish for for the state of North Carolina's driver's license. I got the state of North Carolina's driver's license in my possession. Mm -hmm. And the reason I would do that is because he's going to, that's going to be such a strange encounter for him that I can guarantee you what he's going to do is he's going to go back to his car, he's going to get <laughs> on his radio, and he's going to call the county recorder. I mean, not the county recorder, the county attorney. Right. That's awesome. So it's so confusing it, to the police. It is. So not, not to take us on a tangent, but I had a similar experience when we first moved down here. I went into a little fishing shop hoping to establish a relationship with somebody <laughs> and knowing that that's where I get my bait all the time when I go out fishing here. And so I walk in and he says, you need a mask. And I said, I, I have a, um, a reaction that I can't. No. Yeah, a condition I can't wear a mask. He said, uh, you have to wear a mask. And I said, I prefer not to wear a mask. He said, then you need to leave. So I said, um, technically, I don't need to leave. And he said, I'm calling the police. So things went on. He called the police. I stayed there. And I said, do you mind if I stay here while the police arrive, until they arrive? He didn't say anything. So uh, I did stay until the police arrived, uh, got there. And... They asked me for my driver's license. I, I said, do you mean the, the thing that I carry that's been given to me by the state? And I said, actually, I don't have one of those because I just moved here. And they said, okay, um, what identification do you have? I said, I go by Gary. And that was it. And they, they started to chuckle like, okay, we got a problem here. But then it was, then it was fine. It was... I understand what's going on. Um, you were in a private uh, store. He asked for you not to be in that store, and therefore you need to be, not be in that store. And my response to him was, you mean he refused to serve me because I looked different, meaning I didn't have a mask on. What if I had a red shirt on? Can he re refuse to serve me? What if my skin color was black? Can he refuse to serve me? And what, they, what their response was, you could file a civil case against him for any one of those reasons. He asked you to leave his, his uh, store, and therefore, if you, I'm going to ask him if he wants you to never be there again, and they did, and he, he said, you're not allowed to go in that store anymore or you're trespassing. So a very interesting dialogue that I think the cops were a little bit aware, younger guys, not wearing masks themselves, uh, but it was, the whole dialogue was interesting, and uh, the, the owner of the shop was just an idiot. He was about it. I mean, does that make anyone think that um, eventually they'll run individuals out of communities? You know, oh, in certain areas. I mean, there's going to be populations that are going to say, oh, mask, mask, mask. And there's going to be those that say no. And so the split deepens even further. I mean, we not only have race, we have income, we have mask. I mean, 
it's wintertime here, and I put my beanie on and a mask, my sunglasses, and y'all going to think I'm carrying two pistols and going to be crazy. I just I look like that. Right. <laughs> I get that feeling when I walk in the store. I'm like, damn, I feel like I'll be robbed, be robbing this damn place instead of just. Right. You know, it's, so well, I, I, why do you think they closed all the banks? What? They closed all banks. Yeah. They did. I said, why do you yeah, think they closed all the banks? Oh. Oh, for walk-in purposes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, they 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 close all the banks pretty much. They declared a whole bunch of days throughout the year that they just shut the damn things down on us and they go home play or slaving away. <laughs> so, I mean, the bank is only open in, during the hours that everybody works. How useful is the damn thing? <laughs> you know what? You you just brought up a great point though. Is the one of their goals is to segregate. Uh, they've done race, they've done religion, they've done a lot of different things. Now it's masks versus non-masks. And then vaccines. And my best and friend and I were golfing this weekend. They did it stopped. years ago In, with e- EBT and our debit cards. Chips. I carry two. I mean, it's convenience. Wipes it. Right. Man, but, gone. but the second, what, what I understand is this war is trying to segregate further. And they're separate. using race. Mm-hmm. Separate, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, tr- they're using race. We, they have a lot of different tools. But you just brought up a great point that this mask and non-mask has put a wedge in between relationships that I thought were very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend, ironically, JC, I was down in South Carolina, Buford, golfing at a couple courses down there. All my friends from North Virginia had their masks on. I refused to wear one. We went into the food line. My best bud from Northern Virginia goes in there, puts on his mask before he goes in, never takes off, knows that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rebel in, in, in my soul. So he didn't even ask me, but everybody in there, the looks that I got. But it's starting to put a wedge between my friend and me because it's a mask versus non-mask issue. And regardless of what they say to you, I know the viewpoint is you are potentially causing harm you're selfish. To society. You're, You're selfish. selfish. Yeah. You're selfish. You're shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and that pisses me off. And that is segregation. And it well, here, here's the thing, man, is that with, with that, you just, and, and I know it can be upsetting, but the only way to deal with it is basically to act like it, it's not happening, uh, you know? And if they actually talk yeah. with you about it, it's like, hey, look, you know, uh, <clears throat> if you wish to talk about it, let's go to this uh, CDC page where it shows that people who wear masks all the time actually have a higher chance of getting sick, you right. know, right. And, yep. and case studies, people who don't. And it makes sense. Like if you wear a mask all the time, just because whenever you do come in contact with it, you're not getting it away from you, that that uh, it would make you sick because now you're holding um, the molecules, the whatever. I mean, they're saying it's an RNA, Uh, but you're holding whatever that virus is close to you. And I mean, honestly, it's like we all have that virus in us. Right, exactly. And you're making the reason you stop is to get it out of yourself. 
I mean, you know, common sense. And if you really, really want to know how those masks work, it's uh, in 29, just Google 29 CFR 1910.134. I think it's Section F. And they'll tell you uh, what, the, what that mask does and what the, how, why you're not supposed to wear that PPE when it's not necessary, that there's negative effects to it. Wow. Uh, okay, here, here it goes right here. I fully support your right to hide in your face and wear a mask and then wear a face mask until the vaccine comes out and then you can get vaccinated by corporations that don't care about your interests at all as long as, <laughs> right. as you uh, respect my right not to do any of those things. Right, but they don't. But they don't. How'd you like my little Yoda meme? Uh, I didn't see it. <laughs> well, right now they're a bigger herd. Yeah, I think that's the that's problem. problem. They're they're flocking together in denial and and and, and not well, not away. It feels like maybe eighty twenty, right? It feels like eighty percent, maybe seventy five against the rest of us. Well, hey, just think about it this way: those are going to be the first people to jump up and take Bill Gates's vaccine. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. I bet you he's going to make the first round okay and the second round poisonous. Well, the face mask is for safety reasons per N95 and all that crap has been distorted. So, um, hell, all their all their recommendations right there go out the window. Right, um, we know that, but people, I say that, other people don't know that. We know that, but other yeah, people... Yeah, I mean, this is, this is totally a faith-based thing. Yeah. Like, everything going on right now is all about faith. Right. They don't... Yeah, people don't get it. It doesn't matter what... Yeah, it's a spiritual put. battle, for sure. It's a mm -hmm. battle. Sorry, Mindy, I stepped... Who we're talking, we're talking on You're TV right. now about the people that are having buyer's remorse, you know, because of all the things that are being said, you know, our economy can't sustain uh, a, a required $15 an hour. I mean, you can't do that. It, it won't, who's going to pay for all the shit, you know? Well, just, just and go and look really, into the great reset, man. It's, it's well underway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. done slap that damn QVC button once. Right. Did she go over to Did she go over to Russia and screw up the button reset or some crap? Nah. Yeah, people don't see the Great Reset even when you show them. It's like right there, you know, WEF, Klaus Schwab. Well, you show them everything, how and then it's actually right there. It's not none of it is conspiracy, but they still say it's conspiracy. So. I don't really know how you get through to people. I guess you just don't, and you have to. Like, do you, Do you want to know what I do to people like that? What? Yeah, I, I would. Well, okay. Here, here's what I, I say. Love I say is what I want to do because it's. Here, here's 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 what I would say. I would say, do you know what conspiracy means? What do you think okay. they would say to that? They probably say, yeah, are, right. You're just you're they crazy. That you believe in something. You believe in like true. crappy. You know, you're just googling. You're googling shit on the internet and like believing things that aren't real. Scientists uh, are okay, not okay, about it. Uh, okay, okay. You know how they are. I I know how they are, but see. Right. 
when when they give you some crazy answer like that, what I would ask them if they gave me a crazy answer like that is I would say, well, is that what it means, or is that what somebody has told you it meant? True. Good point. You know, like, because I'll go get a dictionary right now, and it won't mean anything like that. And even if I go and get a dictionary, uh, it still is not going to mean what I would say that conspiracy means. But if you go and get a dictionary, it basically means to plan on doing something together. So you're telling me that it's a crazy conspiracy theory that these people are planning on doing something together in the public. They're making it publicly known. They're writing books about it. They're making videos about it and putting it on the World Economic Forum about how they're going to work with one another to do this. And I'm the one who believes in crazy conspiracy theories. Like, is that what you're telling me? Who wrote that book? Who wrote that book? You know, like Charles Schwab's. Yeah. Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Yeah, Charles. Charlie. That's a great. Charlie. I never put it that eloquently, JC. That was. It is. That was great, JC. You know, if you yeah, go go check out and if somebody can post up uh, the video from News Humor talking about governmental worship, uh, I think it's the second. It's part one um, or Act One, Part Two. But at the end of that, I mean, I I ask you straight up, after I show you the definition of what Congress is, after I show you all of the symbolisms of Washington, D.C., after I show you the statues that they, you know, get people to idolize and talk to you about a statue, I, I tell you straight up, like, look, if they're not in that building conspiring against you, then tell me what they're doing. Like, if that's not what they're doing, then tell me what they're doing. Like, like if business executives up on Wall Street, if it's not their job to conspire about the economy, then please enlighten me on what their job is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's now, really just that simple. Flags. It goes back it, to it, flags and pirates. And, I mean, yeah, it, hell, it goes back further than that. It, back to, the, they used to build... Big stone structures that that said it. That was just what it meant. So, hey, like, uh, this is something that I used to go through with people a lot when I was talking with them about 9-11. And they would bring up the whole conspiracy theory thing to me, right? Like, you know, I'd be talking to them about some facts that happened on 9-11. And they'd, they'd be like, oh, John, you're one of those conspiracy theorists. Hey, JC, you're, you're probably JC because this stands for conspiracy theory. And you want to know what I'd say to them? I'd be like, hey, man, which conspiracy theory do you believe in? And they'd always be like, oh, I don't believe in a conspiracy theory. Not me. Oh, I believe what the mainstream news is telling me. I believe in the facts. And I'd say, all right, well, then you believe in conspiracy theory, too. Okay, because there, there's there's two things going on here. All right, like the government just told you they didn't give you any real proof. They didn't show you anybody really get on the plane that day. The video they showed you of the people walking through the airport was not on 9-11. They just showed you a video of the suspects that they believe did it walking through the airport. You know, 14 of those 19 people ended up to still be alive. Okay, and and that's not debatable. 
And and there's 19 people. This is what the government told you. There's 19 people got onto four different planes and you know th flew them two into the World Trade Centers, one into the Pentagon, and one mysteriously disappeared with almost no wreckage in Pennsylvania. And they offered you absolutely no proof. It's a conspiracy theory. Those those 19 people had a plan to get on the planes and hijack them and fly them into buildings. So it's still a conspiracy theory because it's not proven. In fact, if you go and look up the way that they explain how the towers collapse at free fall speeds, and they did it on PBS, do you know what they call it? They call it the pancake theory. They don't call it the pancake fact. Why don't they call it the pancake fact if that's the way it happened? <laughs> and if you watch that video, it's hilarious because the middle beams, the still beams, the real structure in the middle of the building, those beams in their own simulations do not fall. <laughs> But anyways, that's what I would do in a conversation. <laughs> hey, JC, on that note, uh, a guy I ran into, Mindy said that she's, you know, trying to put a group of people together and of like mind. I ran into a guy. He's actually, it's pretty cool. Uh, down here, they could go diving about uh, four miles out for megalodon teeth. And so this dude goes out diving for megalodon teeth. But I thought it was pretty cool. So we were talking to him, and he said, uh, he said something to lead me believe that, well, one, he was a Trump believer, so he was at least that side of the fence. We started talking, and I, I cut right to the chase. I said, uh, what happened to Tower 7 on 9-11? Just, just to see if this guy was real or not. You know what his answer was? What's that? It, it was the dead-on answer. He nailed it. Implosion. Tower 7 was not even associated with the towers going down. And it was a complete implosion after. In fact, there was a media coverage, a news event, that announced Tower 7 collapsed before it collapsed. So talk about you know, people who don't believe in conspiracy theories, but then the, those that do know more of you know, maybe what really happened. Well, I mean, here, here's the here's the thing that I love to point out to people, and you know, the here's here's one reason we can all thank Obama because when he was leaving office, he released the uh, 28 pages that were um, classified during the 9/11 Commission report. And so when when I talk to people about 9/11 now, especially if they uh, if they're still kind of in the what the government actually told them at the time, I love to throw up in their face that, it, you know, regardless of what happened on 9-11 or not, there is a conspiracy. 
that the government absolutely admitted to when they were talking in that 28-page document about how they knew about the connections to Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Arabian government, and they hid those connections. They conspired to keep those connections mm -hmm. about 9-11 from uh, the American public and the victims of the families of 9-11. And I do use that word victim correctly because a victim is a... Uh, is an animal or a person sacrificed for some type of spiritual deity or ceremony? Well, I mean, what was the ceremony? Was it actually the insurance and the numbers and mathematics that point to every, all the things that occurred in the time that led up to it? No, the cer the ceremony was was the kickoff of you know twenty thirty. The ceremony was the kickoff. It it, it was yeah. like it was like the opening party. It was like the before party right. of the new world or like like we're this is the thing that's gonna get us in uh to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, kickoff. It goes back from what it goes back. It goes back to as deep as what was it the subpoena that was set out that listed um, Hillary and Bush Senior and talked about all the um, financial, um, the gold, the commodities, and so forth, the um, energy and energy industry that they were um, dabbling in. <clears throat> it was pretty. Uh, pretty deep stuff and it, it's always funny that it, you know pretty much every president comes out like yay or nay on at least something throughout throughout the next couple of presidents terms and where's bush jr been he ain't said a damn thing <laughs> well he probably doesn't feel intelligent enough to speak i mean did you hear the stuff he said in office plus who wants to hear him uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, you're right, but you know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of. He, he can dodge a shoe. He can dodge a shoe being yeah. thrown at him, though, pretty good. You fooled me once, shame on you. You fooled me twice. That's what. That's what they gave me. Shame you on you again. You guys ever, you ever see that video where that guy threw a shoe at him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you ever see the video where a guy threw a pie in Bill Gates' face? Yeah. <laughs> did you I guys ever it... watch videos of George W. Bush's gubernatorial debates in Texas? The guy's not no. stupid. Not at all. No, I mean, it, it, not at all. Right. He's I mean, acting if you like look, Trump. If you right. look at it in the big picture aspect, you know, what was the biggest what was the biggest thing in our eyes in that duration of history and politics? Oil and energy. Well, who was the damn president? A freaking little sawed-off redneck they pulled out of damn Texas. Duh. Right. Uh, <laughs> who was the vice president? Mr. Halliburton. Gee, man, Christmas. Who, who can't <laughs> stop himself from... Shooting some okay. some friend of his in the face and you know calling it an accident probably was an accident well, I mean, but that's it, pretty it, stupid. It was deeper than that, you know. Yeah. And those are just names. Well, those the, are just names. What that, was that that they'll throw out there that they were they were allowed to see? I mean, we're not 
we're not going to get to see other other yeah. big corporate names, you know. Yeah, I, I just yeah and then uh, Bush Senior, of course, we had the the speech that he gave on. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was ninety one, wasn't it? Ten years prior, about the New World Order. Yeah, it was either 90 or 90 or 91. It might have been 90, 11 or either 10 or 11 years prior. Well, Trump stood up there with the Arabic leaders and played with the world ball in the dark. And I mean, oh, yeah, and and there's bigger stuff going on, too. I mean, there's 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 (laughs) experiments and things that are occurring that that nobody even thinks about they they hide from the sermon um we have this big they're trying to make they're trying to make what created earth life everything why why would you want to do that well i mean one of the discussions that i had with somebody one time and what he was explained to me was if they're able to dna and remove uh, any kind of known genetic God gene, which we know they acknowledge, um, and they can insert an artificial, or they have made strand in there, then we're not needed anymore. No need for us. Get rid of the useless eaters. Oh, dude, they're going to get rid of us anyways. They don't need us. Like, they got uh, AI. You think they actually need to clone people when they have AI? I mean, it's it's just like, look, when we move forward, and this is something that I really wish a lot of the counterculture would understand, but when we get past this stage, we're going to get rid of money. When they get past this Mm -hmm. stage, they're going to get rid of money, but they're still going to have some type of, like, structure system of oppression. Um, but the reason is, is because the only, the only reason for money throughout all of history has been for the ruling class to incentivize the working class. And we're about to not need that anymore. It's going to AI. I mean, they're, they're already with the COVID pandemic. I mean, they've either shut businesses down or forced them to adapt to remain in business the the if it comes hard again those of those businesses that barely survive to be gone you know and i say this uh, witnessing friends that have restaurants and you know they've managed to scrape by i mean it's it's you know so anybody that has cash it'll be useless unless it is on unless it is on an electronic type of, I mean, look at Bitcoin and some of the other, it's it's just a, you don't actually have it in your hand. It's an electronic number. You gotta go to an electronic device and, and, and transfer or purchase. And so therefore the, the face-to-face is essentially gone out of it. You know, curbside, you know, groceries will be, I mean, shit, you can get groceries delivered now. If you really want. I mean, our area is still kind of urban and um, kind of hillbilly redneck, but 
we're a little small and slow. We don't have, you know, 250,000 people in our, in our area. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a little more divided, but, uh, you can see it. They've been, they've been warning us drones. We're going to drop your packages off. We want you to stay at home. So, you know, their laws are, their, i.e. the restructuring and refolding of, um, put it this way, I'm, I'm, as a business owner in their realm who is, is documented and has to abide by their terms and usage, you know, how the hell can I conduct business out of my home if I'm forced to stay here? And number two, I don't get any kind of tax incentive break, whatnot, you know, in their realm um, in doing so. I have to own another building, <laughs> yeah, and do it that way. So I mean, it's they they, they they don't even know what they're doing. Oh, they know exactly what they're doing. I don't. They I don't know exactly that. what they're doing. You think each and every clerk and and every every assistant and and oh no, they they don't know what they're doing. You know, every police officer, they don't know what they're doing. System. The people that created the system know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I would even say that, you know, I would say that getting down to it, you know, clerks have jobs, but they're also, and police officers have jobs, and they're also their own people, but they're not all stupid. Like, you know, they, I would say that some of them, probably have similar beliefs or similar questions to the rest of society. That they just sit there in that little pew and don't say nothing and just ride right along with the wave, huh? Well, most people feel very alone in this world. It's a pretty amazing place. I mean, if you look past all the structures and and pollution and shit, you know. And, and yeah, get but back even, even with that, most people feel very insignificant, you know. And the entire way that the system's set up, and you know, the entire way that they teach you about the universe and you know the political structures and everything they teach you is designed to make you feel more and more insignificant and alone. Never first. I mean, I can't recall any time in my lifetime that I've ever had any kind of government make me feel like I was first or even second, bro. I mean, that's pretty true. Okay. And uh, so, so that's all done by design. It's, uh, you know, there's nothing about being crazy in an insane world. Anybody have any questions on law? Yeah, what's going on in that chat room? Uh, somebody was asking if they could uh, something about it being in a contract with an attorney. That was a while ago. If you sign a contract with a lawyer, can you not get out of it? And so that really depends. But I'm just going to go ahead and let people know. And I know I've said this on the show before, but if you have to get an attorney 
And there are cases where you have to get an attorney. For instance, if you own a corporation and your corporation gets sued, you have to have an attorney. Um, there are certain other places where you have to have an attorney, but they're kind of few and far between. But if you have to have an attorney, the best thing to do when you're signing a contract is to, um, is to actually you have the contract like you know because attorneys will will promise you the moon when you're walking through their door telling them your problem and uh <clears throat> that's cool and everything but you wish to get them to put it in writing before you hand them over thousands of dollars um how do you know when you need an attorney that uh, I don't know. I mean, I would just know. I don't know how to answer that question. Well, if you had, like you said, if you had a corporation and you're doing some kind of thing, you know, dealing with that, you need it. Yeah, I mean, if you have a corporation and you have like a pretty good corporation, you know, a pretty good corporate small business and you're employing some people uh, for yourself, I would probably keep some type of an attorney on retainer. If you have Baba needs an attorney. If, if you've developed a character in your life that others depend on in their lives, like John was saying, you you own a corporation or you have a trust that maybe has a home that some family's in. You don't. You can't. You just can't. You know, there's no way you'd have, you could liquidate, and I mean, it would God, that would be a nightmare for you. You have to stay in that in that character to deal with that character's business in their world. Yeah, I mean, I that I would re, say that, that if you own a lot of rental property, I would I would probably keep an attorney on retainer, uh, just because you don't know. If one of your clients might sue you or uh, somebody gets hurt on the property. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can go on with property that you're not watching over that other people are on. And that's the type of stuff that the things we talk about here on, on this call won't won't help you another time when you need an attorney i i know a really good time when you when you need an attorney it's uh it's called when you're you actually commit real crimes <laughs> and, and right. you don't want to talk because you'd be lying <laughs> i'm just doing right that. if you're if you're stuck with somebody on in the civil side that's actually going to come forward and and speak on the you know on the complaint right uh no, no I, i'm sorry actually somebody harmed it, yeah like if if it's on the criminal side and there's actually somebody harmed um and they're going right. to come forward you have the accuser and they're going to testify against you and and you don't care to tell the story yourself because you don't want to commit perjury like uh like gregory newman at that point you would want to get an attorney um and in fact like 
uh, if you go and look at all the state constitutions and the federal constitution, it doesn't say that you have the right to an attorney. They all say that you have the right to counsel because back in the mid to late to early 1900s, if you got an attorney when, when you were brought up on some charges or somebody accused you of something, unless you were kind of like J.D. Rockefeller and you're just too busy to deal with it. And if you're J.D. Rockefeller, everybody thought you were guilty anyways. But um, unless you were just too busy to deal with it, if you got an attorney, it, it kind of looked like you were guilty off the bat. Because the only reason you would get an attorney back then would be to um, have the attorney speak for you and that way you wouldn't have to speak under oath. JC, just to have a little side note on this, John Adams once said when he uh, was asked to uh, defend the soldiers in the Boston Massacre, he said, the last thing a man wants in a free society is counsel. Where do you say that? Uh, see, because John Adams, I mean, I don't know how it actually went down, but I know the HBO depiction of it where he's actually acting you know, as an attorney and he's arguing for them and um, this and that. And most of the time back then, it, you know, a counsel would not argue for you. They would just help you um, overlook your case, kind of catch things that you would miss. You know, if you were questioning a witness and you went back, they would maybe give you a, some more ideas on some questions, but they wouldn't actually present the case or the cause in your stud. Yeah, he, he mentioned it when he was, uh, it didn't really show us in the HBS special, but he was approached by uh, one of the people uh, and asked them if they would defend, um, what's his name, the, uh, the captain. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And he said he needs counsel because no one will defend him. And he says the last thing a man wants in a free society is counsel. But he, he did eventually agree to do it. So I just found that interesting when uh, you were making your statements. Hey, man of civics, where'd you go? Yes, I'm here. All right. What, what did you think about that administrative court thing? Did you watch it? No, I did not. You asked me already. <laughs> I missed that video. <laughs> uh, I got the... Yeah, your, your civics stuff, like, uh, are you still holding that little civics get together or whatever i'm trying to but obviously with uh the things that are going on everything's pretty much been blocked or shut down they shut down the library so i'm i've been trying to shorten my uh information on it to like one minute intervals so i can put it on tiktok because apparently that's where all the uh young people are <laughs> yeah all them youngsters oh yeah so, well, yeah, because the last one of the last videos I did is talking about how <clears throat> how you can tell that all the um, courts are administrative, like even the the criminal courts. In the next video I'm going to do, I'm probably going to film it tonight and start rendering the green screen out. Um, you know, before I go to bed, because it always takes hours. But it's going to be on the grand jury. And do you know what a grand jury is? No. <laughs> no, I do not. No, so, uh, you know, I mean, 
you basically know that today they get grand jury indictments to charge people with felonies. So, you know, the district attorney or the solicitor will move before the grand jury of a county. And so there are some similarities to how they do it and what it used to be. Uh, but, I mean, you basically know the idea of how they do it today, right? And what they do it for? If a bunch of people get together for the, that they personally know and they just choose? That would be uh, my guess. Know, they, they actually have like a jury selection at the beginning of a... Um, at the beginning of a year. So this is where it's like, it's, it's basically, this comes from the old law. So they get a jury selection at the beginning of the year. And now they typically get, you know, we'll say 50 people, you know, 45, 48 people. And that way, if somebody's sick, then you can just call another individual and they'll sit on the grand jury for the entire year. Um, and, you know, typically they'll have like one or two days that they'll call them in if they have a case to present, if the prosecutor has a case to present. But the way it used to work was, you know, you would have, you would have them on there for the whole year. And, uh, you know, I'll just read you one of their duties. Um, let me see here. I, I get this out of a uh, Georgia code book in uh, 1863 and where it talks about uh, when bound to present whilst grand jurors are bound only to notice or make presentments of such offenses as may or shall come to their knowledge or observation after they shall have been sworn yet they have the right and power and it is their duty as jurors to make presentments of any violations of the law they may know to have been committed at any previous time, which they are not barred by statutes. And so right there, it's talking about, um, you know, the grand jurors would bring the presentments to the rest of the jury, right? Like it wasn't a prosecutor, it wasn't the state's attorney. Um, now, now, why would they do this, you might ask? In addition to the duties of the grand jury, as in, indicated in the oath administered to them and as required by law, it shall be their special duty from term to term of the superior court to inspect and examine the offices, papers, books, and records of the clerk of the superior and inferior courts and to also the books, records, papers, accounts, and vouchers of the county treasurer. And... If they don't, then they're to bring them up and be presented with non-performance of duty. A grand jury was always to indict government actors. It, it was so that people who didn't work inside the government <coughs> would be looking over the government. And this is why there would typically be, you know, 25 of them. Um, and not in, in the United States, because, John, we don't really have common law grand juries like they, they used to. And they're not going to let you uphold it anymore. But um, they they would have, you know, anywhere between 23, 25 people. And what they would do is everybody would basically take a day of the month, you know, during the week, work week, Monday through Friday. 
and one person would more or less go to the government offices and go through their records and files and if they saw anything criminal <laughs> then they were to present that to the rest of the jury and if the jury um you know put out a bill of indictment um or presented a bill a true bill uh then they would they would go and get a petite jury to hold them accountable. And you want to know why they would do this. Because this is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, it is. It's kind of like All the... Right. Uh, it's kind of like what? It kind of like, it's the, um, if you have it logically, the grand jury is watching, in my case of Connecticut, the General Assembly, which is our legislative branch and the executive branch, but now it seems that the grand jury, since we're citizens of the state of Connecticut, which are part of that government, the grand jury is now looking at us in a very twisted sense. Yeah, it's everything like become, that's going on is upside down and backwards, man. And if we had yeah. it the way that it used to be, and this is why the government used to be so good. This is why everybody wanted to come to America because we had the most honest government in the world because we had the citizens watching over all of the government actors. And if they did anything, we freaking put them in front of a jury. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and the reason why they would have to actually present like a uh, indictment, get a true bill of indictment is because you didn't have an accuser. There was no accuser. And the reason there was no accuser, because just like with Greg Newman, and it starts off in this bar complaint, upon information and belief, and the entire thing is based upon information and belief, because there was not one person, could you imagine this, there was not one person from his office that came forward and, and testified to the fact that they knew criminal activity was going on in that office? Can you, could you imagine that? Uh, in this day and age, yes, I could. <laughs> yeah, so so they have to do it off of information and belief. The only way they can put the case together is by getting the records out of that office, going through them, bringing people in, questioning them, and you know, it's it's upon their butts information and belief because they go they don't have any firsthand knowledge of the facts, man. Hmm. To the that's original the Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only way to indict without an accuser, you know, and that's why it's in every state constitution. That's why it's in the federal constitution as the Fifth Amendment is because people who worked for the king's government, um, you know, the king would just charge them and the charges were completely unfounded. So that's the whole reason why they, they have the grand jury written down in there. And, and then we just kind of twisted it around. And I, I don't know exactly when we lost that. And, you know, I mean, my, my best guess would be after the Civil War when they codified everything uh, because they actually had the military power to subdue the people who would have objected to what they were doing because I'm sure that whenever they got rid of the grand jury and abolished the grand jury, uh, just like they did with law. And you should definitely go and check that administrative thing because I pulled right out of the North Carolina code book where the legislature says that they abolished law and equity. So my guess is, is that's where they abolished the grand jury too. And I'm, I'm so 
thankful that I got to find that in a code book because, man, I, I was dreading the day that I'd have to explain a grand jury because I knew what a grand jury was, but it's just from reading a ton of case law. I never had anything like a code book where I could point to and be like, here's the authority that says it, you know. You'd have to pull multiple case laws together and start pulling elements out of each one, and I'm sure that a lot of people couldn't follow it. Wow. Thank you for explaining that. So, yeah, I'm going to make a video about it, so I'm sure that your uh, civics friends are going to be like, you know, hey, this is cool. Oh, and yeah. Then you, should, you, then you should tell them to uh, write, write Josh Stein and be like, F Greg Newman. <laughs> <laughs> like fire them, like f them. <laughs> I just use them. I was actually wondering something because uh, I know you mentioned, I believe, in the last call to or one of your videos to write about Greg Newman to um, either the attorney general or the governor of the state. Would it matter if somebody else outside of North Carolina would write to them, such as myself, since I'm from Connecticut? I, I mean, the, if you are outside of North Carolina and you wrote to them, what I would do is I would write to them and basically tell them like you, you I, I will say yes, it will make a difference just because they're going to notice the attention it's getting. Um, but no, they don't have any duty or obligation to you. So people who yeah. actually live in North Carolina, just like the attorney general said, uh, it's, it's his duty. It's it, the entire existence of his job is to protect the people of North Carolina. Now, I don't know how well he does that. I mean, he hasn't protect Baba or Joni or Loam or myself or you know, other people I know, but that's what he says is his job. And I mean, I've even gotten letters from him signed personally. Uh, so, but if I were you and I were going to write him, what I would probably do is something to the effect of uh, I, I witness over the internet through my ears that, uh, that this man violated his oath of office and, and he still has a job like don't you have an oath of office is he or is he not committing treason against the state of North Carolina but he's not going to write you back awesome so, no, I'm not expecting him to I'm still waiting for the letter from the uh uh, from uh, William Barr, who's the Attorney General for the United States. I'm still waiting for his letter. Yeah, I mean, he he probably won't write you back either. I mean, you know, I, I don't know many people where they actually have written them back. If you're talking about your letter, like notice of intent or whatever. Yeah, the letter I, uh, uh, from my uh, fire my rep representatives. That was yeah, like six months back. Yeah, they, they typically don't write you back on that, but I can guarantee you that it goes into a file. So where that's really going to help you is if the IRS is ever thinking about bringing civil charges against you, they're going to ask the attorney general's office first, and the attorney general's office is going to say no because that because that document's on file. Yep. Do what? 
Was somebody trying to say something? Yeah, I heard somebody was breaking up, though. Still can't hear. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard something all night. I heard him pop in for a second. Yeah, he's on. popped in for a second. Back. Maybe he's back. No, I think that was Monarch. No. I think he might be the one who's kind of talking and breaking up a little bit. So, well, I don't know. Anyway. Do what? Did that drop out? Uh, yeah. Okay, about that. Uh, the notice of intent, um, if they don't write back, it, what, if anything, would you file and where would you file it on a record? Uh, look, they're going to make a record off of it. Uh, in fact, like uh, when Mana Civics wrote to the state attorney general, somebody from the office wrote them back and gave them a file number and so that they were going to have somebody look into it, this, that, the other. Uh, he could probably tell you better than I could. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, and, and can, yeah, for Connecticut, they I don't know expressly who wrote me back, but they said that they gave me a, pi a public inquiry number, and we will assign this to an administrator, the administration office, for them to inquire of your of your letter. So, but yeah, so it proved actually that they do file everything and they keep records of it, even if you don't hear anything. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, is I, I know people, and, and I mean, you could do this if you wish. I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily care because in, in my opinion, you, you don't even have to send that letter off because you're in a Republican form of government. In fact, because you're in a Republican form of government and every single state is guaranteed a Republican form of government, you don't even have to fire your representatives. You could have voted on November 3rd and have court tomorrow and go in there and say that nobody's representing you. That they, that they don't have your consent to uh, represent your interests. Um, so, but I know, for instance, I know a couple of people in Canada and when they wrote, they uh, actually got a stamped copy saying that it was received. And they would present that to any officers that pulled them over. And typically, they'd let them go. Mm. Like the green slip? N like no, like, like they, yeah, they, you could actually take it down there. Or if you're mailing it off, you could mail them. Um, paid postage for them to mail you a copy back with a stamp on it notifying whoever you show that copy to that it was received by them. Okay. So that way it would have like an official state stamp on it from that office saying that it was received. Okay. I guess that kind of helps lead into a little bit of a question. Also, uh, 
I got some notes about random questions, but I can't remember what my notes mean because they're pretty incomplete. But uh, as far as the you know differences of filing with say a courthouse and have you ever gone in and filed with the Hall of Records or or you know recording office? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, is that the kind of thing you if you got something back? Would it be a good idea to file there with the uh, Hall of Records or something? Um, I mean, I I wouldn't see any reason to. If you were getting something back from the Attorney General, because they'll have it on, on their record. They'll have it on the record of their court. Uh, typically, if I'm understanding like the Hall of Records as the county recorder or what some places, some states call the registry of deeds. <clears throat> uh, typically that comes under the secretary of state's office or court. So that, that's a different court than the attorney general's court. I mean, secretary of state's never going to come after you and prosecute or pursue some type of action. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, I, I guess just the concern is more generalized as how you might want to securely reference it in a court if you had one. Um, I mean, it just it, seems kind of like it, if I had reference. if I had one and they sent me back a copy that said received, okay, I would reference it by by making a copy for them. Like I wouldn't give them the one that I had, but I'd make a copy and I'd tell them it existed. When I was referencing it yesterday, I just said I did it. I ain't have anything to back it up, but you know, it's common law. Anything I say is true unless somebody can rebut it and prove it false. Right. Who's going to say I didn't do it? And I mean, right. it, you know, if that man went and called, um, you know, Alan Wilson, Alan Wilson would say, yes, we have gotten documents from, from Jonathan Cross. Uh, that's absolutely correct. He did not lie to you. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I mean, well, a lot of California. that, yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff and yeah, California is way different than, than South Carolina, but you know, a lot of that stuff, I, I pretty much work off the good faith doctrine. If you were going to file it and say a county recorder or a uh, hall of records or registry of deeds, and you're going to go ahead and put it on record with the secretary of state's office, what I would probably do is go ahead and put it on record with them so that you can send, uh, you could send the attorney general, the, you know, the copy of it and let him know to create a record with him and then just keep the original that's on record at the count, you know, the hall of recording or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, idea. more like a first, <clears throat> more like what? More like a, a pre step or step to, to doing that. It'd be well, possibly well, more productive that way. But I mean, you know, it, look, it, all of those ways are equally as productive. It's not like one way is going to give you more power than the other. But um, if you go back and listen to uh, like word nerds, you know, when we were doing that show with Gus, 
it, it was probably within a month before we kind of split, but there was a show where I probably broke down the fact that, you know, the executive branch is a court, okay? And under the executive branch, you have a court of, of business, which is the secretary of state, okay? So, so that's the yeah. secret keeper. Secretary is a secret keeper. They keep all the secrets of the state and they keep all of the documentations as to, you know, what companies have registered with them, who has driver's licenses, all these other things are kept under that court. And then you have, um, you know, the, the prosecutorial side of the executive court, which would be the attorney general. And what the gen attorney general would do is the attorney general would be the general attorney for any state officers um, that had some type of charge being brought against their persons. Or uh, he also prosecutes all, all claims, you know, prosecutes all actions on behalf of the state. So all... Uh, district attorneys and solicitors or um, what else do they call them? There's another word that they, they call district attorneys and solicitors, state prosecutors, prosecutors. Um, they would come under the attorney general. And then after that, you go to the legislative branch of government. That's its own court. Okay. And in the legislative branch of government, like typically if you go and read any state constitution, if you're trying to look up on how to impeach a state officer, they have to be brought up for impeachment in the legislative court. And that's exactly what they did to Trump. Okay. That's the only way, that's the only court within the state that they're subject to. Um, and then of course the court of the legislature also is charged with creating legislation. So there's, there's not a whole lot for people to do in the court of the legislature, except for the court of the legislature keeps all of the records of past legislation since the court's inception. Okay, and that can be very interesting if you ever wish to go down to the legislature and look up what they were talking about. And, you know, in my case, it would be 1780, 1790. In your case, it would be 1850, somewhere around there. Uh, so, you know, that's the court, the proper court where you would go for those types of records. The only other thing that people can really do there is amass in groups and instruct their legislatures on how to legislate, on how to function their court. Okay. And most states will have somewhere in their constitution where they can instruct the legislature on what to do. And then you move into the courts that most people are familiar with and that we typically talk about here on, on the show, and that's a court of justice, right? And that's where it, you have the county courts and you have the magistrate courts or the district and superior, or in New York, they call it the Supreme Court. Like they call the Supreme Court, the court that you would just go into for your normal trial. Uh, you go back to the founding of the Constitution and the founding of this country. Most of the states called the court the Supreme Court because a, a common law jury was the Supreme Court. And another reason they did that was because the law was supreme to the other two courts of government. 
which would be the executive and the legislative branch. And this is why even today you can take, you know, the legislature can write a statute or create a statute and get the executive to sign it and the executive sends it off for enforcement and then somebody gets affected by it and they go into a court of justice and get the statute thrown out or the statute crumbles because it's unlawful. And that's, that's how it works. And if you understand what courts perform what functions and where to file what, you can move through this world fairly easily. And it's not that difficult. Uh, you know, the, the only reason that people think it's difficult today is because they've been told their entire life that you can't do these things, you can't understand these things unless you went to school for four years and then after that and you got your master's degree or bachelor's degree, you go back to school for Juris Doctorates for another three years, the only doctorate that takes three years instead of four. I don't know why, they just, they're really funny with numbers like that, I guess. And, um, you know, after that, then you got to go into some type of practice and have an actual attorney show you how to move amongst these courts and, and through these courts. And really, they're not doing anything but showing you how to uh, play politics, how, how to get along with the people that you need favors from and, and uh, you know, do favors for them so that hopefully in the future they'll do favors for you because that's what it's gotten down to is that they don't minister law anymore. They administrate law, which means that they control it instead of serving it. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be in. We have seen throughout history what happens when you start administrating law and you don't minister to it. You don't serve the law. And uh, this is basically where we are. But the reason why we had such a good, true, and lawful society 130 years ago is because everybody of right and who was free and, uh, you know, who knew how to go down to a library and get an education and wished to do that had the opportunity to... Uh, acquire property, to create a business, to um, perform in politics, to engage with their fellow in individuals in, in some type of commerce, to make a better life for themselves. Yeah. And, and yep. they knew how to keep the government in check, like, you know, being able to indict district attorneys that let people go with rape rather than taking them before a bar association and letting them get away with, uh, well, we're going to suspend your, your law license, but we're going to stay that suspension. And then we're going to fine you $350. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> you know, before, ooh. The, be, before the judge dropped down my, my ticket, I was getting fined $500 just for not having a registered uh, tag and, and not having insurance. But yet this guy can freaking, you know, he can cause such damage with his license that he's letting rapists go and murderers go and they're only going to find him $350. What a joke. Yeah. Don't forget to pay your taxes. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's only three years because they left out the year of ethics and conduct. 
Well, so here's the thing right here, right? So they, they, they have ethics, but ethics aren't morals, okay? They have yeah. ethics. They have classes and classes on ethics. They have rules on ethics. They don't have rules on morals. They don't have classes on morals. And those are two different things. Yeah. You know, and, and that's even kind of a bigger problem because so many people don't understand that they're two different things. Just like so many people don't understand the difference between menace, you know, ministering to law and administrating law. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, if you go up in public, go out in public and ask 20 people, what's the difference between um, ministering in law and administrating law, they're all going to look at you and be like, what, are you stupid? Those are the same thing. That's the same thing. What do you mean? How much you want to bet? I got any takers. <laughs> If I tried asking even one person, they'd probably just say, put a mask on. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, is the people who aren't wearing masks are more likely to get it correct. <laughs> yep. Right. Hey, JC, I got I to gotta go, man. I got to get up early in the morning. All right, brother. I, I didn't even know you were there. I'm about to shut it down anyways. You didn't know I was here all night? Dude, you haven't said anything. I mean, I knew that you were yeah, there. I yeah. see you on the call. I talked like two. Or I three heard times. him a couple of times. There's a, there uh, was other people kind of talking over. Yes. Yeah, so well, we'll get up tomorrow. <laughs> if the bar association calls me back and lets me know how to pick up all that evidence, I'll I'll send you a copy of it as soon as I get it. Oh, okay, cool, man. So, but I'm I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> well, you'll just pass out. It's okay. <laughs> you'll wake up. You'll wake up from uh, Oz. Worthy. Yeah, click your heels together, right? Three times. Yeah, yeah just give yeah. me the silver shoes, not the ruby ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I yeah, want that gonna... real stuff. I don't want the counterfeit. Tell you what, man. It's going to be a hell of a ride, man. It's going to be a strange ride here <laughs> pretty soon. Anyway, I'll uh, y'all have a good oh. night, man. I got to I got to jump. All right, All right, right Sean. Sean. Hello. Uh All right, so just to ingrain how uh how government is supposed to minister law and their servants. Like I always say from time to time, I like to go around and just read different state constitutions. So this one comes from the West Virginia legislature. It's the West Virginia Constitution. And in Article 3, and they have it 3-2, I don't know why they don't have it 3 subsection 2, but it reads, magistrates, servants of people. All power is vested in and consequently derived from the people. Magistrates are their trustees and servants, and at all times amenable to them. At all times, they are accountable to you. And that's the difference between 
ministering justice and administrating justice is because it says very clearly right there that at all times they're there to serve you. Now, most people that go before a magistrate could swear <laughs> that that magistrate thought they were there to serve them. <laughs> Uh, I got another question. Uh, either yourself or or other people you've helped or knew, uh, what experience do you have since this pandemic, as far as maybe going in the court, grabbing uh, them in person to swear on a declaration or anything? Uh, do you have any experience with that since all this shit's going down? Um, how I that might be done? Up just a second, like just for a second, but it's kind of the most important second. You're saying since this pandemic went down, if anybody's had any experience going into court and then just kind of cut out and then swearing on a constitution is the next thing I heard. Oh, Bill Gates cut me out. Um, as far as bringing witnesses to swear on uh, a declaration or anything like that in person, do you have any alternative to that since they don't let people in most of the time? Well, I mean, okay, so, you know, again, I'm in South Carolina and we're pretty awesome. So when I went to court, they didn't have any problem with problems with other people coming in with me. Uh, I have heard places, New York, um, Illinois, and a couple of different places where, uh, yeah, it's been a problem. And what I would do is, um, and it kind of depends on what happens. So anybody who they've actually issued a bench warrant for that I've come in contact with, you know, my suggestion is to do a writ of habeas, especially if you have like something stating that you were there, or witnesses witnessing that you were there, any way to prove that you were there. Um, basically write out a habeas and send it to the Supreme Court of the state because that's the court of original jurisdiction on restoring your freedom. And if that does happen inside of that habeas, one of my reasons for the action would be the fact that the courts are supposed to be open and free to the public. And they're not open to the public right now. After that, I mean, really, without some type of mass of people, there's not a whole lot that you can do. You can write to the, to the Supreme Court and basically inform them because in, in almost every state, they're the ones who are putting out the orders saying that nobody's allowed in. So you can bring it to their attention. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do anything about it. I can tell you that a man or a woman, an individual, and our society right now is never going to get that uh, overturned. I, I would imagine if enough attorneys make a fuss about it, that the Supreme Court would definitely back off. Because I remember, um, I remember in Illinois, I think it was 2018. But anyway, Shaman and I were working with this gentleman who was going through a court thing. And he went in there, I think maybe the 3rd of January for a court date and the clerk would not let him file. And they told him that, you know, the uh, legislature just passed a statute 
and because of the statue they couldn't accept his paperwork anymore and he'd have to just file it with the judicial officer inside the courtroom and he called us back and we were like no way you know and had him go back and and talk to him but then when i looked it up online I and mean, i couldn't believe it um but yeah i mean they they passed a statue saying that you couldn't file like you had to e-file and very quickly they they made ways for people to file without filing in court and without e-filing because that's just completely so far out of law it's insane but one of the problems is is well one is that the public doesn't know law another one is that the legislatures who legislate statues um they know law and they will actually write into statues that you know for instance like if this part of the statue is unconstitutional or unlawful you know we're going to repeal this or we're going to amend this leaving the rest of it the same and there really is a lot of statues written like that which is absolutely insane because basically what they're saying is that we're getting we know for a fact that we're getting so close to breaking the law that we're just going ahead and putting this in there as kind of a safeguard so that if this part of the act is breaking law it's not going to overturn the entire act and then we'll have to give a bunch of people their money back or let some people out of prison or whatever they got to do because the entire act got overturned and not just that little piece yeah so anyways thanks everybody for coming out i hope you'll come out uh next next wednesday at uh, 9 p.m eastern standard time we will be back out here on talk show with the common law wise words and uh, until then i hope everybody stays safe and stay healthy and stay in touch with um you know with the uh with the YouTube channels. What's going on, John? Hello? Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Not too bad. I just, uh, before you ended the show, okay, good. I, yeah, I, I know you're getting ready to wrap things up, but, uh, I've got my sister here with with me, and uh, we just wanted to say thank you for uh, talking with us, helping us out with, uh, you know, her issues, um, and it was quite laughable what they did, and uh, if you'd like to, <laughs> you know, have a conversation some, you know, uh, in the next, you know, day or so, or whenever you've got a free chance, you know, give us a call back, and, and we'll... Uh, We'll give you um, the recording that we were that nobody was supposed to make. So, you know, we're not nobody. The, so the, the recording that never us. happened. Yeah, the guy, the guy named. Well, nobody was nobody. allowed to, uh, to record. <laughs> I, I don't know who nobody is. So, I guess you must be nobody because you did. Nobody was. Nobody was allowed. Yeah, nobody was recording. <laughs> Call me Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Anyways I, I could imagine that uh, as soon as you put that kind of stuff in, that 
what happened next would be absolutely laughable. I mean, honestly, I, I'm kind of laughing that they didn't um, just let, you know, just tell me never to come back. Uh, and <laughs> now I was talking with, uh, was it, it was either JD or Stan, but we were on the phone with Sean, and Sean was like, I can't believe that you actually – you know, looked at the tickets, you should have been like, you don't have a prosecutor or the tickets. But of course, I had my own plan at that point, because, you know, I'm doing this to break it down for people later to show them and most people are going to mess up. Most people are going to do something wrong. And honestly, I don't care if they pull me back again, because I had fun. (laughs) You know, I I like playing So, but yeah, if I would have told him that I didn't have the tickets or questioned him on it or just said that those tickets aren't mine, he would have never asked me to come back in there. Um, But I just wanted to get him after moving on the executive branch's side of the court. I just wanted to get him on recording saying that, um, talking to me about the separation of powers, which I did, you know, I, I completely pulled him into that. Um, and he actually did it way better than I even thought he would. <laughs> so, but I, I don't know if they still have it open now because I went back up there and filed a piece of paper. And as soon as I walked in, he kind of ran from me. Um, and I could, I could imagine with some of the names and things that I was talking about that he would probably call one of those individuals. And if he called either one of them, and said that I was, you know, in his courtroom, I'm sure that they would have laughed and said, I pray to God you didn't ask him to come back (laughs) because we're always trying to get rid of him. (laughs) But that's that's just my imagination. (laughs) Oh, God. That's great. So, but yeah, thanks for uh, coming on, John, and I'm glad that that worked out for y'all. Thanks for coming on, Monarch, Man of Civics, you know, JD, as always, Tara, um, Laws failing. What's up, Laws failing? Man, man, I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it, man. Is this money, Mike? Awesome. That's money, Mike, in disguise. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, he, he well, already there, there you go. Off. There you so, go. <clears throat> next Wednesday, thanks for the 703 caller because you had some interesting questions and good things to talk about. And hopefully, we'll have some more callers next week. And, uh, you know, if y'all wish to have a future for children and not have to shoot anybody over the state not coming and going, I would. Uh, I'd do some. going. Yeah, for real. And Thanks a lot, John. Being... Thanks. Yes, sir. Thanks, You're everybody. Yep. Thanks a lot, John. Have, have a good night. Right, good night guys. Keep your bags loaded anyway. <laughs> Peace, man. And your hey, powder dry. Oh, and hey, John and Chris. We appreciate you, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, and thank y'all for sending that donation. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Hopefully we'll see y'all all all next week. Y'all have a good night. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.